and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. At 7.37 this morning, while I'm nonchalantly taking my sweet time to get to church, you know, and just enjoying my morning, I'm like a text from Pastor Mark and it's like literally like, bro, I'm sick. I don't feel good, like list all these symptoms, what's going on. He's like, I can't even literally walk from my office to the sanctuary. Um, and I was like, oh man, that stinks. And so I was like, man, you got the vid, you know, and he texts us back and he's like, no, it's like literally, I, I think I'm going to die, you know, blah, blah. He's like, would it freak you out if I said, hey, I need you to preach my message today. And I was like, I don't think freak out's the word, um, <laughs> you know, that I would probably use necessarily, but um He's like, no, really, I need to know, like, can you, can you do this? Because he's like, I, I think I have to go home. And I'm like, texting, you know, Josh, we're like, man, like, really? I mean, I mean, back in the day, we would walk up to church. I mean, we would walk uphill both ways to church. I mean, we would do, it, we would do whatever it took to get to church. And I'm like, these kids today, but whatever, you know, I'm like, come on, man, I guess. I guess, Mark, I'll carry you again. Whatever. So, but, you know, kids, yeah. But, you know, I'm like, of course, I'm like, freak out, you know, so I mean, don't get me wrong. I get to church at like eight o'clock and it's 737. And I haven't gotten the shower yet. Now I got to get ready. And then I got to like, I said, what are you even preaching on, man? I don't even know what you're even speaking on. I mean, I know it's, I know the series we're in, but so anyway, um, but you know, it reminded me this morning that the second Timothy four or two says, preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. In season and out of season, we never know what life's going to bring. We never know what's going to happen. We never know circumstances are going to come against us. I mean, this is going to look different for a while. Pastor Chad, I mean, obviously we're at the best interest of Pastor Chad um, in his heart. Want to get him healed, want to get him healthy. But that's going to require Mark stepping into some different roles. It's going to require Josh stepping into some different roles. Myself stepping into some different roles, um, you know, to maintain what's going on. And the word tells us, listen, be ready in season and out of season. And that's not just for pastors. That's for all of us. Okay, so that's for every single one of us. So I say all that, not for sympathy this morning, but grace upon grace with me. Like I'm preaching another man's message. It's weird, um, you know, and I'll be honest, last service I did it and like, I don't know, I made it halfway through it. I, I, I really don't know. I have no idea the direction, um, but I'm trusting that God's gonna work. So you know, we've been talking about these giftings and this series is there is more, right? And so whenever you start seeking more and you start going deeper in your faith and you start, um, looking at different things, obviously stuff happens, right? The deeper we go, I told, I told our rally team last week, I said, you know, the, there's, there's a light side to the spiritual and there's a dark side to the spiritual. And the heavy and the deeper that you go into your faith and into your walk, things happen, right? Things happen. And I'm not saying that these are attacks from the enemy as far as, you know, uh, Pastor Chad and Pastor Mark, you know, being sick. I, I don't necessarily believe it. I believe that the enemy attacks us, but I'm not saying this is a specific instance. But if I'm coming up here today to encourage you that there is more and that these are giftings of the Holy Spirit and that, that he's bestowed a gift upon each of us, then I have to believe, honestly, that for myself as well. And the fact of, hey, listen, this is an opportunity to be able to put faith into action and to believe that God has a plan, that God's anointed the message. So if it gets a little distracting, if it gets a little weird, just roll with it. It's going to be good. We're going to get through it. It's all God's word. But you know what? I mean, the word tells us that we got to be prepared and we got to be ready. So we've been in this series the past few weeks about the Holy Spirit's power in our life, right? And work in our salvation and how the Holy Spirit gives us power to discern God's word and to live a life holy by putting these dark deeds to death, right? He gives us the, this power, this, this helper 
to be able to discern the word of God, his instructions. But would you believe me if I told you that the Holy Spirit gives us power to operate in a supernatural capacity? You see, we'll believe in his word because this is what we're taught. This is what we're told. But will we, and we'll believe that he gives us the ability to interpret his word. But would you believe that he gives us the power to operate in supernatural capacity? That the Holy Spirit gives us power to operate in special abilities. You see, we recognize these as the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, there's been a lot of controversy um, in the church, even from denomination to denomination, probably in between you and your neighbor, possibly sitting beside you, that there's these differences or these breakdowns or these, these divides on these giftings and these promptings of the Holy Spirit and how some people believe that these aren't for us today. They're not for the church today. They're not for the believer today. They're, they're, they're gifts that, that God bestowed upon his apostles back in the day. And there's this common divide between the denominations and how you were raised and how you were taught um, about what they are and what they aren't and who they're for and who they're for not. But I just want to bring this morning, I want to bring some clarity. Hopefully um, it may get confusing. Like I said, reading another man's message may get a little weird, like at times, whatever. But hopefully this clarifies um, some things and some questions that we have about the Holy Spirit and how he empowers us and what he does in our lives. So number one, I want to go over what these gifts are ultimately for. Number two, who these gifts are for. And number three, are these gifts available for us today? Now, now, regardless of what you came in here with these preconceived teachings, notions, beliefs, or whatever, I'm asking you this morning to open your heart. Open your heart to receive, because if there is more, we want more, right? So whatever you have in the past, whatever you've heard, I'm asking, just be open to the fact of what God is going to speak on today. So you guys ready for some Sunday school this morning? So this is, this is Pastor Mark. I'm going to read some of Pastor Mark's. I'm going to read some. I'm going to interpret some of it for me. But he asked, he's like, y'all ready for Sunday school this morning? Somebody shout, amen. amen. Come on. So here's where we start. 1 Corinthians 12.1. It says, now, brothers and sisters, regarding your special, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. So first and foremost, right off the bat, we learn that the Spirit gives believers which is you and I, those that have accepted Christ as our Savior, these special abilities, right? You guys agree with that so far? Now, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, so Paul is stating right off the bat that he's telling us that believers have been given special abilities, and he wants the church to understand these special abilities. And our heart as church leaders, as pastors, as your shepherds, is we want you to understand these things. Like, we want you to know them. We want you to believe in them, to understand them, to understand that they, they, there are gifts, that God doesn't have just special abilities for speakers and communicators. He doesn't just gift Pastor Josh with the ability to play guitar. Like, like we're, not, we're not special. Like, we're not set apart. Like, we are just followers of Christ, and he's been given these gifts to every single one of us, not just a chosen few. Do you guys agree with that? We're definitely not set apart. and We're definitely not special. But y'all need to receive the revelation that God has special gifts and anointings for you. Do you believe that? Truly wholeheartedly believe that God has gifts for me, you, sitting in there. I love it. I love it. And his heart is that we would eagerly desire these gifts, right? 
that we would eagerly desire to have these gifts to be used. And some of you, like, if I have a gift to give, like I use this example in the first service. If, if, if I'm, I'm a father who has, say I have a huge monetary balance in my bank, and I literally just give my son a portion of that, and he never comes back and he never asks for that gift, all that money just sits there dormant, Right? being unused. And I think a lot of us have this gifting inside of us, or maybe we don't know what the gifting that God has given us is for our own life, but maybe some of us do, and it's just sitting there dormant. We're not utilizing the gift or the, the, the spirit has enabled us. We, we, don't, we don't seek the gift because we don't, maybe we don't know about the gift. Maybe you're hearing about this for the first time in here today. But I think a lot of us know, you, you are, the majority was in agreements in here when I asked, do you believe that these special gifts are for you? You said, yes, I do. But if we're not walking in the gifting, then we're not utilizing its purpose. If I'm given a brand spanking new vehicle to drive and it just sits there in my driveway and I never put the keys in it and start it and drive it and utilize it, it's literally worthless, right? And I think that's what Paul's trying to say here today. He's like, listen, these gifts have been given to you, so we need to eagerly desire these gifts. And if the church is going to live in the power of the Spirit, and if the church is going to be effective in the kingdom work, then we need people activated and operating in their spiritual gifting. You believe that? Because we can't do it on our own. It's not Pastor Mark's job. Yes, he is the chief shepherd of this house, but it's not his job, literally, to walk in, in your calling as well. It's not his job to do everything that God has asked and enabled and anointed you to do. We have to do it together as a body. So if we want to be effective, if we want to be an effective church, if we want to be an effective follower in the faith and do the kingdom guided work, right? Because we're not, we're not of the world. We're doing kingdom work. Then we all have to be walking in our activated anointing and operating in his power, not on our own. Just a few verses down, Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7. He says, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. So we can help each other. So we can do what? We can help each other. And we need to purify our perspective on our role in this body and operate in the gifting that he has for us. It literally says that there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but it's the same spirit, the same spirit that enables Josh to be able to play the guitar, Zach to play the drums, Aaron to play the drums, whatever, whatever gifting he's given, the people that you see is the exact same spirit that has enabled you as well in, in your gift. And we use them to serve the Lord but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can use it. So if you want to sit there right off the bat and have this, I don't want to get into a divide right off the bat. We want to be unified. But if you have this perception of these gifts aren't for us anymore, I'm going to tell you right now, you're wrong. It says that we have been given a special gift. Each and every single follower in this room as a follower of Christ has been given a gift. You've been given a gift to be used to glorify God. So, but for God to get the glory in the gifting that he's given you, you got to remember that the source is not from you. It's not from you. It's a gift 
given from Him, given from the Spirit. And we need to solidify that in our own souls, that I'm not the source. I'm not the source. I'm the servant. Right? Does that make sense? The gifting doesn't come from my abilities. It's not, it's not the talents that I have that I'm enabling myself with these gifts. God gives us those talents. But what he's saying is, I'm the source. You're the servant. I'll be your supply that you need to be able to walk in the calling that I have for you. I'm not the source. I'm the receptor. I'm not the source of my power or my calling or my anointing. I'm the son or I'm the daughter. And my father has equipped me through the power of his spirit to accomplish his works, his kingdom works. And Chad brought this up last week whenever he was preaching. You know, he, we, if you guys were here last week, you heard Pastor Chad come up here and, and give a sermon about Jesus saying, hey, we're going to go to the other side. And then the storm came and, and he, gave that, he gave that passage. You guys remember that? And now Chad's going through the storm right? That's just the way kind of this life works. Not saying that that's the repercussion of it, but usually that's typically what happens. And he, he told us last week, hey, listen, you got to be ready in faith. You have, to, you have to be desiring these things. You have to want more. And remember him saying, Holy Spirit, if there's more, we want it. Holy Spirit, if there's more, we want it. Not, not necessarily that we have to, that we want it, but God, we need it in our life, right? We need it for when the storms of life happen. We need it for when we're sick. We need it for whenever these, we have heart attacks, we get stressed out or whatever takes place in our lives. We have to have the empowering of the Holy Spirit to be able to get us through those certain times. But we also have to rely on the Holy Spirit to enable us, to equip us and to sustain us in the calling that he has for our life. So Holy Spirit, if there's more, we want it. Amen? Are we eagerly desiring more? Or do we just sit here in church and agree and just say, amen? Are you eagerly desiring more in your calling? Because it's easy to say amen and then turn around and walk out of here. You might agree with it. Are you walking in the calling that God has for you? Are you truly seeking and desiring more? And I think there's something that we need to recognize is the fact that there's different gifts, right? And we need to discern the difference between contentment and complacency. There's a difference in the giftings that God has for each and every single one of us, but there's also this indifference of contentment versus complacency. It's like, am I content in the calling that God has for my life right now, or am I complacent in it? Am I content in the calling that I have right now, or am I comparing it to your calling? If I'm sitting here being called to be a speaker of the word, but all I can do is sit down there and worship and focus on, man, I really wish I was up there rocking on the guitar like Josh does, and I'm not walking in my defining calling, and I'm seeking somebody else's calling, I'm insufficient. That's not the calling that God has on my life. So I can choose to be complacent in my calling and not utilize God's power in my life. I can spend my time comparing my calling or desiring to have something different to have more in my life and be complacent and not be effective in my calling as well. Because I see pastors who were never supposed to be pastors preaching. I've seen lawyers who weren't supposed to be lawyers, they were supposed to be pastors. You know what I mean? I've seen, you know, I mean, you see what I'm saying? It's not, you're not the source of your gift. Now listen, I, don't want, I want to say you need not to be complacent. You need to be consistent in your calling. But I also urge you that you need to be seeking more. But if God's given you these gifts, then you need to utilize them in your life and not compare your gifting to somebody else's because that causes division. It causes separation. 
It causes envy, it causes distrust, and it doesn't build up the body of Christ. God's given you a specific gift. And it's hard to be complacent in your calling if you're constantly craving more, right? You won't find complacency in your calling. You'll find satisfaction. Once you're constantly seeking more of the Holy Spirit, you're yearning and you're desiring more, he's going to enable you and he's going to sustain you and he's going to continue to equip you. So you're not going to stay complacent in the calling that he has for you. It might not be as glorious as rocking out with the spotlight on you up here like Josh does, (laughs) but you're going to find complacence or you're going to find contentment in that. You see, it's hard to be content when I envy everyone else's gifts. And Peter told us to grow in the grace and knowledge. And Paul speaks this very, very well in Romans 12. It says, for by grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. Mm. Mm. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We are made up of many different people. We have different gifts. Paul goes on to say that we have these different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. It takes all of us. Just like he's saying, just like your body, your physical body is made up of so many different members, so many different moving parts, so is the church. It takes every single one of us walking in your specific calling and your gifting and your anointing, and we have that through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in our lives, right? So it takes all of us. It's not Pastor Josh's job to go out there and make coffee. Now, Pastor Josh would absolutely love to go do that because he's a servant but that's not his calling. It's not Pastor Mark's job to continue to go out there and and lead the kids' ministry. We have to walk in our calling. And I picked on Candy, and she's in here again. I'm going to pick on her again. But we came up here Friday, or I don't know what day it was, whatever day. Last week, I had a meeting with Pastor Mark after I got off work, and I came up here, and we were talking, and I see Candy walking across the parking lot carrying a mop bucket. And I'm like, "What what are you doing? She's just doing what Candy does. She's serving. She's serving. Her heart is literally to serve not only this house, but to serve in the capacity of everything that involves Christ. She is literally the example that we look to as a server. And we commend her for that. I know she's not doing it to receive the glory, but I'm telling you, it's, it's noticed. And it's like if everybody would walk in their calling and do what God's created them to do. Now, is it glorious? No. Is cleaning the toilets a great act? You're not going to be in the spotlight cleaning the toilets. I'm sorry. You ain't going to get a spotlight shined on you. So some parts aren't as glorious as others, but that doesn't deny the fact that they're not important. Actually, the word actually says that they are very important. It's those parts that we cover up or the parts that we don't see of our body that are important. And it's the exact same thing in our walk and in our faith and in this church and servanthood and doing the calling that we have on our lives. May not be the most glorious, desirable position. You might not call to be the youth pastor, but you might call to be a giver. And the word says, do it generously. 
Do it abundantly. Go above and beyond doing that. You might not call to be up here in the spotlight rocking out on a guitar, but you might call to be a prayer warrior. And it's just as important as leading worship. It's just as important as being a pastor. We know that God develops us through this process. It's like, it's like I, I was I talked this morning about, or in first service, it's like cooking a roast. I use an example as a roast. You don't microwave a roast. It's no good, right? It's nasty and it's rock hard. It doesn't taste good. You slow cook it. You put a roast in the crock pot before you go to church. You put it with some potatoes. You come home, it's, it's done. And it's tender and it's juicy and it's really good. And that's what God is doing with us when he empowers us with the Holy Spirit. It's a slow process. You see, what we do is we see the lights and the bright and the fame and all the stuff and we desire it. Man, I wish I could be out there rocking out. Uh, and we want it. And, but it's a process. Josh didn't get there right off the bat. He served. Mopping the floors isn't a great glorifying job but it doesn't go unnoticed because it has to be done. It's all important for the body. So if you've got the gift right now that you've been in, if, if you got the gift you've been envying right now, you might develop a pride that you never desired. You might use that gift for yourself in a destructive way because you weren't ready to steward it yet. You see, a lot of us just give ourselves gifts, right? We just give, man, I'm, I'm, I'm Pastor Ryan, yeah, you know, but here's the deal. If I'm not walking in the calling, allowing God to do that, it develops a pride. There's a boldness that comes with it, don't get me wrong. The, the word says, man, God, give me, give me the boldness. Empower me with your spirit. That's what we, re we rely on that. But there's also a sense, if you're not walking in the calling that God specifically has for you, pride can set in. You can be using it for yourself, your righteousness, your gain, and not glorifying the kingdom. And it can be destructive. Maybe right now you have a strong spiritual gift in serving and generosity, but you're distracted by the teaching gift that you crave that you haven't grown into it yet. 1 Corinthians says, in fact, some parts, 1 Corinthians 12, 22, in fact, some parts of the body that seem the weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. The weakest and, less, and, and least important are actually the most necessary. And what that tells me, it doesn't matter who's on stage. It doesn't matter who's doing this. What matters is the fact that you're walking in the calling that God has created and designed you to walk in. And that's important. And it's necessary for this body. Every single one of us has a gift and a job. So quit looking around and envying everyone else's gift. Stop trying to be somebody that God's not called you to be and praise God for what he's graced you with. This gift, if I've given a gift, I told, my, I told my freedom group this week, I said, listen, man, your brides are a gift, right? They're a gift from God. If you view them as a gift from God, you treat it a little bit differently, right? Other than it's my wife. If you look at her as, man, this is the gift that God gave me specifically. Wow. I'm going to cherish it a little bit different. I'm going to, I'm going to choose to, to treat it a little bit differently, right? Because if I gave you a gift, if I came out here and I gave you something and you literally just peed it away, for lack of better words, dude, you're not honoring the gift that I gave you, right? It's the same thing. God's given you this gift, but if you're not walking in it, oh God, you gave me that, but I didn't want that. I want this gift over here. You think he's going to bless that? No, it's prideful and it's selfish. Be content. Be content in the gift that God gave you, but... Continue to crave more. 
Continue to crave more, more of the Holy Spirit working in your life, more empowerment, more seeking. The scripture tells us to eagerly desire the spiritual gifts, to eagerly desire them. And Luke wrote this out in the gospel that Jesus says, how much more will your heavenly father give you, give the Holy Spirit to you of those that ask? How much more of the Holy Spirit will God give you to those who ask? And it's like this here. We are told we receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, when we ask Christ into our lives, right? That we receive this salvation. We receive this gifting of the Holy Spirit. And I think a lot of us stop right there. I think a lot of us think, maybe believe, not necessarily understand, but we say, okay, I've got this power of the Holy Spirit. But it literally just says, how much more? So if he said, what I've been really doing in Scripture lately is I've been taking one word. One word can transform a complete Scripture. And this says, how much more? So if there, he says, how much more? That means he's already gave us some. He's already gave us some, but there's more, right? Like we've got, we've received, but he says, how much more? Will your heavenly father give you to those that ask? And I'm asking church, do we ask? Do we walk around saying, God, I want more. Lord, give me more of your spirit. Or are we content with the amount that we've got? Somebody say, Holy Spirit, I'm happy. No, I only say it. Come on, like, come on, let's. Holy Spirit, I'm happy. Holy Spirit, I'm happy. But I'm hungry. But I want more. Come on. If you find yourself comparing in the kingdom, you're worried about the things of yourself and you're not worried about the things of the Spirit. So stop comparing. We always need to celebrate kingdom work. I'm not glorifying Candy, glorifying her spirit, but it goes, it, it's unnoticed. I mean, it's noticed. And we, we, we see that. So those things need to be celebrated. We need to celebrate the kingdom work in ourselves, but we also need to notice it and celebrate it and use it to encourage others because God's given us the gift of encouragement as well, right? And we need to utilize that gift in encouraging and being the catalyst that boosts everybody else into their faith and into their calling as well. So we've learned that there's different gifts and the spirit is the source of them all, but what are they and who are they for? You guys want to go deeper? Sure? Yeah. Okay. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. We read that a while ago. So these gifts are for every believer. Say, I receive a gift. Believe it. And these gifts exist to equip God's people to do His work, to build up the church, the body of Christ. And in doing this, we simply help each other. It's simple. God's given you something to do. When we walk in our calling, we do the kingdom work, we come together unified, and we're an effective body of believers. Amen? It's simple. So we've read a few of these spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit empowers believers with. And Romans told us that these these are gifts, when we read Romans a while ago, it says that there's prophecy, there's serving, there's teaching, there's encouragement, there's generosity, there's leadership, and there's mercy. Okay? Okay? So the question then becomes, so we, we, we know what some of the gifts are, right? We ask, what, we're going to look at what some of these gifts are. Those are some of those gifts. Now, the next question is, who are they for? Or, or let me rephrase that. The next question is, are these only the gifts? Are these seven that I listed the only gifts that the Bible talks about? Because when we open up Paul's letter in Corinthians and Ephesians, we read that there's more. 1 Corinthians 12 12, 7 through 11 says, A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives the message of special knowledge. 
The same spirit gives great faith to another and to someone else, one spirit and to someone else, the one spirit gives the gift of healing. You guys seen the pattern here? It's the same spirit giving out different gifts, right? So the gift of healing, he gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God and another, or, or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages. Whoa. Wait, wait a minute. Y'all know what that word is, right? What is that? Well, somebody say it. It's okay. <laughs> Tongues. Oh, oh, we don't believe that. No, we do not. Oh, man. Don't even, no, don't get me started. We don't believe that. Not around here. Not this church. But you'll believe in the gift of healing. You'll pray for your grandparents to be healed by God. You'll, you'll call your pastors and, and, and your life group people and ask them to pray and believe in faith and lay hands on them. And we'll play that role and we'll do that. And we'll believe in that gift. But we won't believe in this gift. Wait a minute, you're putting limits on God? Is that what you're telling me? No, I think the reason is, is that you don't understand the gifting. It's mysterious. Therefore, it's weird. Therefore, you disregard it. You automatically just disregard it because it's not something you've practiced. It's not something that you've been taught. You're not familiar with it. And so we just disregard it or it absolutely scares the fire out of us. And we don't even, we don't even want to go there, right? But if you believe in the gift of prophecy and giving and generosity and teaching and all these other things, how can you deny the gift when it's literally in the word right here? It's the truth. I'm not sitting here promoting speaking in tongues. I'm just saying, I think we have a misconception of the giftings and the promptings of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And if it's weird to us, then we disregard it as fake. It's not real. That can't be of God. But wait a minute. He just said he gives one the power of healing. So we'll believe in that one, but we'll disregard the one that says he'll give the, the gift of speaking in another language to somebody else. While another person is given the ability to interpret what is being said, it is the one and only Spirit who, dis who distributes all these gifts. And He alone decides which gift each person should have. Not you. Now you can, you can have a desire. I think there's a, there's a conviction that the Holy Spirit gives us into our gifting, but you don't get to choose your gift. The Holy Spirit does. So what are these gifts that, that He talks about in Corinthians? He says, wisdom, special knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, Again, prophecy, discernment, gifts of tongues, and gifts of interpretation. And Paul, Paul introduces us to even more gifts of the Spirit when he wrote to the church of Ephesus. He says, now these gifts that Christ gave to the church are the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build a church up, the body of Christ. So on top of the gifts that we read in Romans, on top of the gifts that we read in Corinthians, now we see in, the, in Ephesians that now we have the gift of apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. And there is enough gifts to go around for everybody. Everybody gets a gift. Man, that's a lot of stuff. That's awesome. And the Holy Spirit produces and activates all these things within one body. Isn't that amazing? He does every single bit of all that right here in this congregation and within his church. 
It's funny because I read this first service and I kind of went off on the whole tongues deal um, and didn't know that Pastor Mark had wrote that later on down in his sermon. But it's funny because he's like, come on, man. And I want to be like Pastor Mark. I was, I was, I was, uh, what's it called? Never you inter- not interpret, but you make impersonate. Golly, I'm just, I was impersonating him this morning. Come on, but let's address the elephant. Uh, let's address the elephant in the room. Come on, you know, I was getting all, I was getting Pastor Mark. But it was funny because I thought, you know, how that the very thing that's it's divided all these churches. It's divided these denominations. It's divided friendships and everything else. And it's just like politics in here. It's fractured the, di- the different denominations in the Christian faith. This is from Pastor Mark. He says, this is what I'm talking about when I mention us to have the courage to step up into some of this and not be fearful of it, but seek and pursue it, not disregard it because it's weird or it's scary to us, but to discern and to seek more of it. He's like, I think this whole room would agree that some of these gifts are without a doubt still useful useful for us today. Would you agree with that? Some of these gifts are still useful for us today. And he says, I think some of us might disagree that all of these gifts are, are not used today. Because there's some of us in here that believe that these gifts aren't for us anymore. And there's some in here that say, some of these gifts are for us. And there's some of these say, I don't even know what, I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, dude, you've lost me. I'm freaking out. But depending on what we've been taught and depending on our level of faith and our denominations and our backgrounds, all these things, we've either been taught that all of these gifts exist today for the believer or that none of them exist today. That they're not used for us. But I want, this is what Mark says. He says, I want in today, I want to clear the air on Destiny Church's stance on what the gifts are available today. Destiny Church's stance on what gifts are available for the believers today, but more importantly, explain and reveal what the Bible teaches us on the matter. Okay? Before I'd like to address those two things, I'd like to discuss why, what, why might some believe or teach that only some gifts exist for today and primarily all what might recognize as charismatic gifts. So, cause some of those seem charismatic, right? He says, in short, here's what we, lo- here's, here's what we learn. And here's where this teaching comes from. Here's where you get the indifferences of these are for us. These are not for us, right? Because it's all about interpreting scripture. Just like I said, taking one word out of scripture changes the whole context of it. First Corinthians 13 says, love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. So the interpretation of that is what he's saying is where believers tend to disagree on this subject is primarily based upon their interpretation of what the perfect is. So when I say the perfect automatically, you automatically probably think of Jesus, right? Because that's what you've been taught. That's what we speak and preach here. He's the perfect. But but for those who believe that these charismatic gifts have ceased, primarily the gift of prophecy, speaking in tongues, like those things, um, they interpret the perfect as the closing of the canon. Essentially, the perfect is the Holy Bible, more or less. That's what these, these people are saying. That's what they, that it's the inerrant word of God, that it's still used today, and that 
through this whole process that God has spoken, he's done all his work, he's done everything, he's given it to us in this book, and he no longer needs to speak to his people. That's what they're saying they believe. I just want to make the air clear. I'm not saying that. I'm saying the people that say that these gifts are not for today, that's what they believe in. That this is the ultimate word of God, which we do believe in that. But that God no longer speaks through us through prophecy. He no longer speaks to us through his gifts. He no longer needs to talk to his people because it's all right here in the word. And the perfect has already came. But I say this, do you want to believe in a God that doesn't want to have a relationship with you anymore, that doesn't want to speak to you? I believe wholeheartedly in the word and that he speaks through his word, amen? But we're also taught that we have a father who loves and who cares that we can go to any time, that knows our deepest desires, that knows our needs. And I want to I wanna be able to, to go to a guy that, that, that knows me intimately and personally. I don't want to be told that he no longer speaks to his people. That these giftings aren't for us today. When the word sits right here and tells us that every single one of us has been given a gift, how can you argue the fact that God doesn't speak to his people, that God doesn't empower his people with the, with the force of the Holy Spirit? It says, and the process is now that we have the encapsulated, inerrant word of God, that there's simply no reason for God to continue speaking to us, that his word has been finalized, and there's no reason for continued revelation. That's the belief on it. And any other claim that God is continuing to speak to his believers today, which would be the one speaking through prophecy or speaking in tongues or special knowledge, is not permitted because the revelation of God's word is finalized in the Holy Bible. That's what, they, that's, what they're, that's what they're stating. So the Spirit will only distribute the gifts that doesn't encapsulate revelation from God. So no longer that these gifts are for the believer today. They've already been utilized. They've already been used, and it's finalized and done in the story. And he goes on to talk about the Greek um, and some things on here about gets a little bit depth. And I did this in the first service because I really didn't know what direction he was going to go, honestly. I had no direction on, I didn't get a chance to read his message. I knew it was on the spiritual get things, but this is what I believe today. So this is Pastor Ryan speaking to you and not going into the Greek and not going to get deep and all that kind of stuff. Listen, I want to believe in a God who loves me unconditionally but a God who has more for me, that this isn't enough for me, that I don't have to just come in here the way that I am and stay stagnant and stay complacent in my calling, but to know that I got a God who loves me, that when I pursue him, he's going to bestow more and more and more of his power on me. And I want that. I urge, I desire that, right? I don't want to be told that there's nothing else for me. That this is the way it always has to be. Sunday after Sunday, we got to come in here and do the same repetition. It's going to be the same thing, that there's never going to be anything that I don't have the ability to overcome or be empowered or be able to be delivered. No, I want more. I want more. I believe wholeheartedly in every single one of these gifts. You know why? Because the word tells us that all scripture is God-breathed. It's useful for encouraging, for teaching, for rebuking in righteousness, right? It's utilized in God. So if he speaks to us through his word, then we got to believe that he speaks through us through his spirit, amen? That he can give me a gift and turn around and give you a completely different gift that we can become one and we can become unified in this body and we can walk in the calling that God has for us. I don't know about the Greek. I don't know about the passage. I don't know about all that other junk. All I know is that we serve a God who wants to give gifts to his children, who wants to say, I got more for my kids. I believe in you, and I want you to have these, and I want you to excel. But it takes surrender. It takes us being submissive to the will of our Father in our lives, not our desires, 
but his desires, him saying, hey, I've got a plan and I've got a purpose for you. But God, that didn't make sense. I wasn't supposed to preach today. Today was my day to come in here, give a little bit of encouragement and be tired because I've been working hard. I had to do a way. Today wasn't supposed to be like this. It wasn't. But how can I come in here and encourage you and tell you, listen, you got to believe. you got to believe in this, this spirit and this empowerment and this faith if I'm not willing to walk in it myself. Because I'm relying on the spirit to do exactly what I'm doing right now. Trust me, church, it's not because I wanted to be up here. It's not because I had an expectancy to come in here today and do what I'm doing. It's because I'm relying completely on the spirit. But I'm going to tell you this. I don't want to settle for what I've got right now. I don't want to settle for just being an assistant pastor on days. And whether it's a title, whether it's not, listen, I want to be a faithful follower of Jesus. And I'm telling you right now, I'm a sinful man and I can't do it on my own. And this is the perception that I had whenever we were driving from my house to here. And I'm like, baby, I don't even know what we're preaching on. She's like, baby, just, and it's easy for y'all to say, man, just trust, you'll do great. You know what? You, you get up here and do this. <laughs> Come on. I give you the gift in the name of Jesus. Oh, but you're Pastor Ryan. You know what? But, I'm, but here's the deal. It's not nothing to do with me. I'm available. I'm available. It's not my obedience that gets me to do all this kind of stuff. It's my seeking and my desiring more. I want more. Listen, if there's more, we want it. Amen? Come on. If there's more, we want it. Can you imagine if we walked in our calling? 125, 130 people in this room right now, if we all stepped forward in faith, and if we all walked in the calling that God has for us, whether it's mopping the floor or whether it's going through their laying on hands and bringing healing, whether it's prophesying or cleaning up poop, if we all walked in our calling, hey man, you got, sometimes you got to clean up poop. I've seen Pastor Josh in the men's bathroom with a mop. I'm just saying, is it glorious? No, but it's got to be done. So directionally, I don't even, I still, I still, I've done this one time already. I have no idea what direction Pastor Mark is going in. I don't care. Because this is, this is, the, gift, this is the, the vision that God gave me on the way up here. And I'm freaking out. I tell Mandy, I, I literally, I can't say no. I'm the assistant pastor. Like, I'm, no, Mark, I don't want to preach today. I told him, told him first, I was, gosh, man, we, we used to come in here no matter what. Suck it up and come on, right? Thank kids today. No, I'm just kidding. But this is kind of what I was thinking today. That, that the kind of the vision that God gave for me in this, as far as the Spirit, um, I knew we were talking about the Holy Spirit, and this is the first thing that came to my mind, and talking about callings and the giftings and the promptings of the Holy Spirit um, and empowering us. And I think for a lot of us, and a lot of you in here today, right now, exactly this moment, that a lot of you are standing complacent in your calling, because I'm going to be real and transparent. And a lot of you look like this cup, full of junk and full of shame, and full of sin, and full of all so much stuff that you feel unqualified. That you don't believe that God has something good in your life. That he can't use something that looks like this to glorify him. And you're exactly right. But I will say this. He can take this and make it look like this. You can't do that. You cannot do this. It's only when you rely on his power and you invite the Holy Spirit into your life and you start pursuing and you start seeking more. Because when you look like this and you're full of all that junk, you want it and it's cool and it's tempting, but then you do this and you pour into that. That's not good. 
victory. And I think a lot of us stay in the capacity like this, that we'll, we'll, we'll keep our shame and our sin, and we'll stay back here in the back because it's comfortable, and I don't want to get out. Of, I don't want to get out of touch, and I don't want to be pressured, and I don't want to be challenged because it's easy to walk in here on a Sunday through the back door. And I'm not knocking anybody. Sit on the back row. It's just where it's just the direction I'm going. Sit on the back row to where as soon as he says Amen, I can get out of here. I ain't got to talk to anybody because I'm a shameful, sinful, broken person, and God ain't got nothing good for me. And that's a lie straight from the pits of hell. It's a lie from the enemy. But it takes surrender. It takes you being obedient. It takes you being willing. It takes you literally stepping out in faith and saying, God, I can't do that. I'm absolutely broken. I want what you have for me. I know you have good gifts for me. I'm desiring more. And God, I can't do it myself. And then he comes out here and he makes you clean and pure. And once you empty something out, if you don't fill it back up, it becomes just like this again, dust and dirt and grime and all that junk that used to have you held captive and all that, it keeps you, it keeps you separated from God. You got to fill it back up. So once you fill it back up, you keep continuing to pour more and more of his power and his spirit and his giftings in that. You become pure and you become a vessel. Not saying that God can't use you in this. God has used me plenty of times in this, but it's the conviction and the empowerment of the Spirit that says, I don't want to live like this. I don't want to pour a little bit of your power and your Holy Spirit into something nasty that's tarnishing it and not being able to be used in the capacity in which you design me. God, purify me. I want to be looking like this to where I can come out and I can literally splash on everybody around here, right? Because that's good. And it's desirable. And it's the gifting that God wants to grant you. He wants to to give you so many great things and use you for his kingdom work. But it takes surrender. It takes faith. It takes stepping out in obedience to be able to do that. And the sad part about it is, this is the sad truth. I can sit up here and preach and y'all could clap and y'all can amen and I'll give an altar call and half of you guys will walk right out that door. Because of fear, because you're an introvert, because you don't believe that you can be forgiven, because you don't really truly believe in a God that can make you look like this and says, I've got so much more for you. I've got so much more to give you if you'll just trust me. I asked the first service, did an altar call. And it's funny to watch people move, especially when you're on this side of it. Because I know people. I get it. I do life with most of you. If we're not willing to step out in faith inside our home, inside our church, with the community and the people that we love, how in the world do we ever expect to go out into the real world and do it? we're not willing to come out here and be transparent and surrender. Listen, I die to myself every single day. I have to. It's not that I've arrived. It's not that I'm, it's not that I look like this. I have to, I have to literally remember that my God loves me so much that I've got to come in here and surrender and clean myself out and pour back in his Holy Spirit. Not only just to this capacity, but literally to overflowing 
That way I can minister out of the overflow of my heart and still maintain a clean vessel. Because if not, once you drink it down or once you start pouring it out, once you start spilling it upon everybody, it goes down. And if I walk away from it and I'm continually pouring and pouring and pouring and I'm getting away from the source, I'm never refilling. Some of y'all have been walking away for a long time and you've gone away from the source. And I'm asking you this morning, if there's more, if I told, listen, if I told you that there was more and all you had to do was literally walk down 15 steps and receive something unbelievable, would you do it? Would you have the faith to believe that God can do that and that God does that and that God wants that for you? I feel like we sit up here every single week and we literally have to pry and pray. And you got to say, you got to say just the right thing for that one person in that one chair to literally go, oh, now he said it. Now I got to go. Come on. Isn't it enough? Isn't it enough? Isn't it enough that we serve a God who loves us so much? What if we just came down here and got in his presence? What if we, what if, what if we came down here and just got in the presence of a God who loves us? She ain't got to be broken. She's just coming out here just being thankful that she's got a God who loves her. That's all it is. There's no judgment in that. If we walked in the capacity of this church's ability and we literally did it day by day, this, this community, this world, we wouldn't be putting up with the junk that we're putting up with. I'm asking, church, if you want more, because I'm telling you, there is more. He'll give you as much as you want. He will give you as much as you want. It's up to you. I'm going to open it up. No, but if you want more of what God has, let's go. The word says you have not because you ask not. Well, we're asking right now, God, give us more. If you've got more for us, we want it. Matter of fact, we want it all. I want it all. Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can check out the link in the description to give or visit destinychurch.me slash give. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We love you and have a blessed week.